0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loader, and we're going to be previewing day one and day two of the 2023 Cheltenham Festival. I am joined by my guests for this episode by Katie Midwinter and Izzy Phillips. Before we get into the Supreme, which will be the first race we're going to look at, let's see how they both are. Izzy, i um, not spoken to you for a little while on the podcast, but um, how are things and are we looking forward to the Cheltenham Festival?
1: Yeah, things are good. Super busy. I'm really looking forward to four days of exciting action, best horses. I think it feels a bit like Christmas, doesn't it? I'm seeing now all the horses have started arriving at Cheltenham. So we're getting all of the videos and all of the pictures. I feel like if you're a racing fan, this is like a build up to Christmas almost. It's so, so exciting.
2: Yeah,
0: it most certainly is. And we got the, the decks out today for the first day, the Tuesday. So at uh, the time of recording, we actually do know the full fields. How about you, Katie? Are you looking forward to Cheltenham?
2: Yeah, really looking forward to it. As you said, it is like a build-up to Christmas, like butterflies and all the excitement is building. And yeah, just all for that supreme. Can't wait to, to see the action. And it's going to be incredible, like all the horses coming over. Battling against the best of the British as well, um, it's going to be yeah incredible. History will be made.
0: Yes, certainly. Well, when the first race we're going to preview is on day one, it's the one thirty Bet Supreme Novices Hurdle. It's a Grade Two contest over two miles, and Fassal Vega is your favourite at 2-1, we've then got Marine National, looking to continue his unbeaten record at 4-1, we've then got Ille de Thompsons at 6-1 Tomoris, the shortest-priced British uh, horse, at 10-1 High Definition at 12s, Diverge at 16s, in the pocket at 16s and bigger are the rest is he i'll come to you here first facile vega um before going into the dublin racing festival he was um most people's banker uh for the opening day of uh the cheltenham festival blew out last time was very disappointing is he one that you want to take on i think from a punting perspective he's definitely one that's uh, i think it's maybe a bit too short and you've got a lot of value going for you uh, who did you like in the supreme
1: um I think it's hard to be too judgmental of Fasil Vega after one poor run at the Dublin Racing Festival. Certainly, he seemed to go out far too fast with high definition, and I think that he should learn from that. I mean, he's won six of his seven starts, so he's, he's not a horse to be written off. I agree that, obviously, if you're looking at it kind of recency, you're not too confident on that fine on that last run, so it does mean that he perhaps does look a little too short. But I I don't think that he's you know not in with any chance at all. And at the end of the day, we're looking for winners, so I think that. I do think he'll win. Um, One that I think is really good value in the race is high definition. Obviously, like I just said, he went out far too fast at the Dublin race- Racing Festival as well, and he actually ended up unseating his rider at the four fence. I mean, if he can stay on his feet, he obviously has the speed and the class being a one-time derby favourite. Um He was quite impressive on his hurdle debut at Leopardstown in December, won by about four and a half lengths. Um The second was Jatara, who has won- run well next time, um, and third Parmenon from Mullins has also won since so I think that he is one that should outrun his odds. they're around about 12 to 14 to 1 with most bookmakers so I think he looks the value bet but I mean I won't not be siding with Facil Vega
0: OK then, so we've got one vote for Fassel Vega and a positive mention for High Definition. Um, Katie, um, we've got one vote for Fassel Vega here. Um, are you going to keep the faith like Izzy and uh, think he can bounce back?
2: I think it's a tough one. I was keen to oppose Fassil Vega a couple of months ago, so he was way too short and he hadn't really blown me away in his races. I quite like the look of Marine National, especially the way he won the Royal Bond. As Irish Point is a horse I love, um, to show the turn of foot Marie National did and the speed to get past him on the line, I thought it was hugely impressive. But after Fasil Vega's run at Leopardstown, um, as Izzy was saying, I think it's hard to be judgmental on it because they did go way too quickly. And I think you can completely put a line through it. So I've been leaning more towards Fasil Vega because he's dealt with a traditional ground very well when he won the champion bumper here last year. It's going to be quite soft um, come the day of the Supreme is looking at the moment. He's got a very nice pedigree by walk in the park and obviously out of Cavega. lovely profile. I think the tactics will be key in this race and I can see them going off quite quick again here. High definition, he's quite keen. I think there's a couple of Mullins horses that could go forward and light him up as well, battle him for the lead. And with all of the anticipation from the crowds, the first race of the festival, uh, I think Casio Vega will benefit from a race that is strongly run, which I think it will be. He's got a high cruising speed, which could be crucial, and I think he'll be able to stay on well up the hill. He'll have the stamina to see it through, especially on the softer ground. Um, I think Marine National is possibly the fastest horse. But I'm not sure he'll be able to use his speed as effectively as he would on better ground. Um, And if the race was run more slowly, I think it would would suit him a bit more. But I think the tactics will suit Fasil Vega here. And so Fasil Vega is going to be my pick.
0: Okay, so we've got two votes for Fasil Vega. I personally can't have him, um, especially uh, at that price. I think there's plenty of opposition here to take him on with. I'm actually going to go with Tamuras for Paul Nichols. I actually think that... There's not so much between the British and the Irish form this year, especially in the Novice Hurdle Division. I think we've definitely got some good ammunition to go to war with against the Irish. Tamoris, he's unbeaten over hurdles, and I just like the way um, he gritted down to win uh, that Tulworth hurdle. Um, he just looked like an out-and-out stayer. Uh, the form has worked out quite well as well. We've seen the likes of Nemean Lyon, and also as well Colonel Harry run really good race at Kelso last weekend, so there's a good look to that form. He won't mind... And, uh, the ease in the ground as well and i just think like k said they're probably going to go quite fast in this race and that often sets it up for a stayer and I just think he'll be staying um really strongly at the end up that hill and I think at 10 to one that's really good each way value I can't personally have Fassal Vega marine National I think will be there or thereabouts Tom perlock so keen on him um he's had a lot of experience and I think there's a few that could maybe improve further chasing fire is a horse I've got time for but I think he wouldn't probably appreciate the soft ground um even though he does have a Similar profile to Thomas Darby, who placed in this race a couple of years ago for Ollie Murphy. So I'm going to go over to Morris, but we've got two strong votes for Fasile Vega. Both the girls think that uh, he might be able to bounce back. So that's our thoughts then on the Supreme. The second race we're going to look at is the 210. It's a Sporting Life Arkle Challenge Trophy. Novices chase, a Grade One contest, and there's nothing split in the betting between El Fabiolo and John burn both at seven to four. We think got Dice at Diamond at 7-2, St. Wara at 8-1, and then uh, bigger are the rest. Uh, Katie, I'll come to you here first. For many people, it looks like it's going to be uh, a match between John Bon and El Fabiolo. Uh, do you see it that way? And if so, who are you going to side with?
2: I think it will be between the two, and I'm all for John Bon here. I actually quite liked his prep run for this at Warwick. I know people were quite quick to raise doubts about him after that, but I think he just got complacent. Match races are never easy. They're quite tactical and they can be run at a false pace. Um, But I much preferred the way in which he had to show some fight when Harry Skelton went on Coleco and he had to come off the bridle rather than just have a canter round and, and win quite easily Um, he was asked by Aidan Coleman and he responded so I think it was a really good preparation for him now El Fabiolo I quite liked for the Irish article but I didn't expect him to win in in the manner that he did it showed that he's got a really good engine and he's going to be a really formidable opponent here my only concern with him is he can make some jumping errors uh, over his fences whereas John Bunn has looked the more solid jumper so far of the two Um, I just really want John Bond to win. He's had so much stick because of his his massive price tag, but he's such a beautiful horse. He's been so professional. uh, And I'd I'd love to see him really silence his critics here. So I'm all for John Bond.
0: Okay, so one positive shout for John Bond. Are we going to agree with uh, Katie, Izzy? Or are you going to go for something else?
1: I personally agree with Katie. I can't see past John Bond. I think as much as anything from obviously just knowing how good he is, I think he's been this kind of poor relation to Constitution Hill um, over the last year, obviously. I mean, most people have become, most horses have become a poor relation to Constitution Hill, but none more so than John Bond. Um, And I just think it's time for him to step into the limelight now. His three runs this year have been in small fields. This looks to be another. Um, I always think that the jumps at Sandown are quite unforgiving, and like Katie said, he's shown to be probably a more consistent jumper than El Fabiolo, especially if you look at him going over those free railway fences at Sandown. He seemed to love it and relish it, and I was just so impressed with how he controlled the race that day and dominated um, when he was asked for an effort. He stretched away so easy, and then, like Katie said, it was a different and more tactical affair at the, in the Kingmaker. Um, no real concerns. Really, I mean, obviously, I know that Calico sort of served it up to him a little bit and has shown to be a horse with fighting spirit, especially if you watched his race a couple of weeks ago, where he got up to win, you know, fighting to the line. But um, I think it would have been good for John Bon really to teach him a little bit of a lesson on on fighting and having to kind of dig in for the finish. But I mean, again, there as soon as he was asked, he went away. so, yeah, I've got a lot of time for Aidan Coleman as well. I think it's one of his best chances of a winner for the week. And I really just hope that it comes off for the whole team.
0: Yeah, I'm in a complete, complete agreement with you there. Um, I think we're going to make it a full house for John Bond. I think um, he's done not much wrong this season. Yes, I know it was a little bit alarming last time out. At work, but he was beating Calico there. Who, if you actually go back for his form, he's not a bad horse. I mean, he was sent off 11 to four for a Grade Two novice hurdle at Kempton, so he's always been a horse that has been highly regarded. We're seeing the form boosted next time out. I don't actually think it was necessarily a bad run by John Bon. I think he's a class above. I think that form in Ireland, I don't think it's as strong as it, it's first looks. I think you can pick quite a few holes in that form. I think Dal Jacob as well actually gave him the best ride because he was just tracking Dysart Dynamo the whole way. Nothing really uh, was able to get in El Fabiolo's way. St. Warren seated. I thought he could have maybe played a hand in the finish. Dysart Dynamo, I just don't think he, he, he sees it out um, over the two miles against better opposition appreciate it I didn't think he ran up to form uh Bambridge picked up the pieces and I think he's better over further I think there's there's so many question marks with that form over in Ireland and I think John Bond even though yes people say his form doesn't have a great look to it I think actually it's not that bad and he has proven to me that he's definitely a better chaser than he is a hurdler. And uh, I think, uh, I think jumping will be the name, the game, the Arkle, And I agree with the girls. I think, uh, John Bond will win the Arkle. So a uh, full house then from us, um, in the R- Arkle, so we now move on to the 3.30 at Cheltenham. It's the Unibet Champion Champion Hurdle Challenge Trophy Grade One, the feature race on the opening day on Constitution Hill is looking to get another Cheltenham Festival win this time in the Champion Hurdle. He's eleven. uh he's four to eleven odds on favourite. We then got State Man, who would be a worthy favourite in any year of the Champion Hurdle at ten to three. Thorban next in at fourteen. I like to move it at twenty. Zanahira hundreds jason the militants uh, 150 to one along with not so sleepy uh izzy come to you here first constitution hill he's done uh very little wrong um is this just a, a sit back and watch job or is there an angle here that you maybe want to uh, get stuck into from a betting point of view maybe i don't know i like to move it without the favorite Who? how did you see it
1: well i think obviously constitution hill has basically already crossed the line um to tip him up is basically just pointless at this point. He is no price. I think he is an absolute beast, and I'll be so surprised if he doesn't win it. I want to see one of those really imperious performances that everyone can just really get behind, and we can just enjoy his greatness. Um, I think, yeah, there's you're trying to look for a little angle for some value in the race. I do... I do think i like to move it is overpriced i quite like so i've i had i like to move it anti-post to try and get the each way places because i don't think there's going to be that many runners um but i quite like him also for the forecast i think he's Got a real turn of foot on him. He's, he's really fast. The stable clearly think a lot of him. Um, he's come into quite a lot of trouble this season just looking for a run in terms of there was quite a lot of races that he was entered in that were abandoned. Um, so they did enter him into a less than ideal race at Cheltenham in January, which you know I'm more than happy to forgive. Um, he won really well at the November meeting and again at Wincanton with a really confident ride from Sam. He went away by, in the end by 17 lengths um, to Napa's Hill. So I do just think he's quite overpriced. I know that obviously State Man looks to be the one that's potentially going to be playing second fiddle, but I wouldn't write off I like to move it. I think he could potentially be a good one for your forecaster an each way bet.
0: Yeah, I definitely think he's an interesting candidate. I'm like mm-hmm. you, I did have a saver on him each way for three places if the race cut up i'm actually on a slightly short prices i think i'm on a, a 16th one he's now 20s but um yeah i like to move it i think he's an interesting candidate if you're looking uh, for a better angle here maybe to finish second or maybe if you still can get three places uh, could definitely fill the frame um how about you katie constitution here he just wins doesn't he yeah i hope he just wins uh we know anything can happen in
2: racing so this isn't a race that I'd be hoping to win a bet or make a profit. It's not a race that I'd I'd be interested in from a betting angle. I think it's just a race that I'm I'm really looking forward to. Hopefully it will be enjoyed. Uh, I can't wait for it. I feel a little bit nervous too that I've just fallen in love with this horse uh, as have so many other racing fans. I just want to witness history in the making with him on uh, his way to possibly becoming one of the best hurdlers of all time. I think winning here will be the first step to really being in the conversation with the likes of Istabrak, um, and what he's achieved so far. It's been incredible in the manner of which he won the Supreme last year. I think it will just live long in the memory. And while Stateman is a very good horse, I think Constitution Hill is better and he's really quite special. So I hope that we see a special performance from him.
0: Yeah, I think that's what all of racing is looking forward to seeing. I think Stateman is... An interesting opponent tactically the race could be um could, could could be key to this um really with how constitution hill is going to perform um state Man, he's been making all in some of those races over in ireland if he did dictate the fractions from the front. He could be really interesting and maybe Constitution Hill might get off the bridle, but I think he'll win um, like the girls. I think he's great for racing and yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing the champion hurdle. So we're all in agreement again, Constitution Hill is going to take the champion hurdle. So the last race we're going to look at on uh the first day is the 410 um it's the close brothers mayor's hurdle registered as the david nixon's mayor's hurdle grade one uh Maurice rock is your defending champion and is your favorite as well at three to one honeysuckle is on the drift at seven to two we then got epiton at nines two brandy love at seven to one love and bois uh nine to one and bigger are the rest i'll come to you here katie um this definitely looks like one of the more interesting races at the festival plenty in here that can uh could you could give a squeak to um but who did you like
2: it's a really deep race it could be one of the races of the festival i think you can make a case for a number of these mares at their best they could be good enough to win this i think she wears it well It's a big price around 25 to 1 Love Envar too. Very big price. I think she's got a good each-way chance for Harry Fry. But I do think there's two mares in here that are just slightly above the others, uh, and the market has got it bang on with the the top two, Honeysuckle and Marie's Rock. Uh, I think they'll battle it out between them. Honeysuckle, she is the class of the race, and she is the best. Um, She's a dual champion hurdle winner. She went 16 runs unbeaten, as we know. She's the queen but she's no longer unbeatable. And I just wonder if she knows it, like, will it change her attitude at all? Um, she's going to be regressing. She is getting older and it's obvious she's she's not going to be at the level she was. But I still think she's the best of these mares. Um, I say there's only two hurdlers, I think, that could have the beating of her on a good day. And, and they're both running in the race before this one in the champion hurdle. So all being well and she runs her race as she always has done at Cheltenham I think she should win and the atmosphere would just be incredible if she could do it so I hope she can because she deserves to go out on the high I think you know most fans they want to see her because she's had such an incredible career she's captured the hearts of so many and I think for for her for the fans for Rachel Blackmore Henry de Bromwich for the whole team I think it would be incredible if she was to win.
0: Okay, so Katie thinks that Honeysuckle might be able to go on a fairy tale ending. Izzy, I know you're a really big fan of Honeysuckle. Do we think she's gonna have one more last Hurrah at Cheltenham?
1: I'm a huge fan of Honeysuckle. I think, you know, that's no secret, but I have a real issue with this race in the fact that I've fancied Marie's rock for this for quite some time. Um I did agree in the end with the move um, for Honeysuckle to go in the mares and not go in the champion hurdle um, because it's really clear to see that as lovely as she is, she has regressed. Um, is she still better than the mares in this race? I don't know. Um, look, it goes about saying that I will be having a bet on her and if she's in with any sort of a shout, you know, I'll be cheering <laughs> all the way around probably. Um but in terms of really where my head is at, and not my heart, I really think Marie's Rock has shown the best form this year. Um, you know, to, to me, that there's no chink in her armor. She's won her last four starts. Um, she's been in the thick of it. She's been beating rivals that are, you know, lining up to next time out winners. Um, so I just think she's she's progressed even off of the, her win in this last year. Um, like Katie mentioned, Love Envoy is another horse that's that's progressed in since her race at the festival last year as well. I just I don't know if she's been beating horses of quite the same caliber as Marie's Rock, which is the only thing that's making me almost more certain on Marie's Rock. But um, yeah, there'll be a there'll be a clear sentimental bet on Honeysuckle, but I really fancy Marie's Rock to take this. Bit boring at the moment. I am. I think I've gone for all three favourites so far.
0: <laughs> yeah it's just the way the way it goes isn't it but i i can definitely see the case of marie's rock i do think she's probably the most likely winner uh she looked really good in the Reckill hurdle at uh, cheltenham on new year's day the substance of that form as well taking on some of the geldings and beating them well Honey Circle for me she's been a good servant for racing but i just think these mares when they get older um they just definitely regress quicker than maybe some of like the the Colts and geldings. Um, a classic example that springs to mind is Apples Jade a horse that on her day looked unbeatable but then when when um, her time was up she really did uh, spit the dummy out and I just got a feeling that even though yes Honeysuckle's runs haven't maybe been terrible this season I just I just don't know I, I just think there's a lot in here that and, um give her a lot to think about and for me I I would be probably taking her on and I think Ree's Rock is the one you've got to go with one horse I will give a positive mention out for though and I will be having a saver on is uh, Nicky Henderson's um third string in the race that's fear to glory um there's been some big upsets over the years in this race we've had roxana at big price marie's rock as well she was 18 to one uh when she won this race last year fear to glory is a is a mare that's on a real upward curve at the moment in fact she's actually followed p- pretty much an identical route to marie's rock um uh, in coming to this race, she's been supplemented for it. She won a mares listed hurdle at uh, Warwick, which Marie's Rock did last year, and also as well she ran in a handicap at uh, Kempton um on Boxing Day, which Marie's Rock, funnily enough, like I said, won. Um, but she had to give nearly a stone in weight to Gray Dorden who subsequently went on to win a Grade Two Novices Hurdle at Warwick um back in January. So her form looks pretty good and she won't mind the ground she does all her best work late um i think she's massively overpriced here at 28 to 1 you'll probably get four places with some firms if you shop around i just like like the younger mares in this division that are on an upward curve she's by flame and glory as well whose progeny a not seem to suggest that they seem to improve with age so this one is definitely um i think i got a lot more to, to give and I think she's no she's no mug and um, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see her r- outrun her odds. so yeah Marie's Rock for me is my main win selection but Fear to Glory um, is uh, my uh, my saver horse in the race right before we move on to day two this is the any other business section where we're going to talk about some of the races we didn't cover we've got the Ultima we've got the Boodles we've also as well got the National Hunt Chase I'll come to you here first, Aziz. Is there anything else you fancied on day one?
1: Yes, and finally, we've got something of a little bit better value. No favourites here. So I'm going to have a little look at the Ultima. Um, there's a couple that I want to make a mention for. So um, the first one is actually going to be my Grand National bet. Um, he carries 10 stone, 10, and that is the big breakaway. So um, I, th- I just think that... He's just been so consistent this year. He was caught by Fontaine Collonge on the line over three mile at Haydock, still fighting back, Um, seemed ready for that step up to three mile six in the Coral Welsh National, and somehow, even over three mile six, seemed to be staying on all the way. Um, And what I quite like about this for the big breakaway is both of those races were in soft ground, and I mean, if I'm honest, you watch that race back at Chepstow for the Coral, Um, Welsh Grand National that that did look almost heavy to me so I like that conditions look like they're going to be in his favour and he's been a consistent sort. The other one for me in there who has my heart since coming down in the Hennessy last year when he definitely would have won it is remastered Um, so he can be a little bit hit and miss but he's finished actually ahead of a few of these in the field um, in November. He is missing that scoo factor obviously with Tom Scudamore's retirement which is less than ideal for me because i feel like their partnership was really really good but um a great replacement and then yeah those are the two for me but definitely the big breakaway the softer that ground gets the more certain i get of a really good run from him
0: okay so a couple of there to uh watch in the ultima from izzy how about you katie have you got any the major shortlist on day one
2: Yeah, I've also got a couple in the Ultima, Um, some of the outsiders of the field, actually. Top Phil Ben for Philip Kirby, 33 to 1. I think he did brilliantly to finish third at the Dublin Racing Festival last time out. It was a really great performance, and I think he could go well again. He's five pounds higher this time around. He does like to be quite prominent, so given he can get off to a good start, I think he could outrun those massive odds. Um, He's a lovely, likeable horse, got giant ears and I just would love to see him put in a good performance. And also good boy Bobby, he's £6 lower than his last winning mark now. He's dropped a a total of £10 during 2022 and I I think he could be a big danger carrying just shy of Lambstone. Definitely offer a more workable mark, uh, and he's a good stay on his day. He's just been carrying a lot of weight in tough stamina tests recently. So, stays a great each race out, also at 33 to 1. I will just give a quick mention to my cliff horse, the wolf, uh, 40 to 1 in this. i would probably be having a little save on him as well, just in case he finally gets his head in front. But uh, I think, yeah, there are a few to keep an eye on in the Ultima.
0: Okay, we've got a few more horses to note in uh, the big handicap on uh, day one. I too have got a couple of fancies in that race that I'll mention. Um, T Clipper, if you've been following me on social media, was my idea of the winner for this race for quite a long time. I'm not satisfied, however, that he's going to like the conditions. Most of his best form has come on good ground. He might just get away with it. Um, this has definitely been his target. Uh, he ran a good race in it last year when finishing 4th. Uh, the time before uh, that as well at the festival when he ran in the Coral Cup, he finished 3rd. So he seems to come um, come well here at the festival every year. seems to run a really good race. Some of his other form as well, behind the likes of Our Power earlier this season, reads really well. So I think he's definitely got a shout. Uh, Fantastic Ass is the other one that I'm quite interested in. Uh, horses that wear headgear in this race have got a really good Record. In fact, if you went back through the last ten uh, winners of the race, eight of them wore headgear. And it's interesting that Fantastic Cast is going to the first time cheap pieces. He's nearly um, twelve pounds lower than when he ran in this race last year. Things have gone off the boil for him. You have to admit this year, and that's why he's fallen uh, in the weights. But I just think his run at Windcanton. I just think the track didn't suit him last time out. I think he'll like the soft ground. He'll probably be given a prominent ride. Nice low racing weight. I think he can go well. I just got a couple of as I like to mention before uh, we move over to the second day uh, um, I like a couple in the boodles I like a horse called Affidil for Paul Nichols uh, one well uh, two starts ago at Musselborough, was definitely given uh, a patient ride last time out to get him qualified for this I think he's a big price at 25 to one and there's also as well uh, another horse uh, in there for Paul Nolan's uh, metamorpheous there was a few in them uh, in that race last time out at Nace. uh that race has often produced a winner of this race in the last few years he was given a very quiet ride I think he's dangerous at, uh, at 22 to 1 off a mark of 125 and the last horse I'm going to mention before we move over to date two runs in the national hunt chase Gallaudet Manil I think he's too short at even money I think he will be there or thereabouts but I think there's a few in here that you can take him on with and I'm gonna go with the, enig- the enigma that is Mr. Coffee. Um, this has definitely been the plan for him all season he ran a cracking race, I thought, at Utoxta last time out, where he nearly had to give a stone in weight to a horse called guttapan Colonge, who is probably going to be sent off a warm favourite for the Midlands National at Utoxta next Saturday. He finished second in the Kim Mule last year when um he, he looked like he was coming there with a winning run. He just didn't seem to kick on. Like I say, he's a real enigma of a horse. Uh, he's got a real personality and maybe an extreme stamina test is what he needs i just think a big price there i would not be at all surprised to see him end at the frame i just think he's a bit of a boat like santini and this could be his day where he finally gets a big race win so that's mr coffee at 10 to 1 each way uh, in the national hunt chase for me so that is day one before we move over to day two we're just going to have a little word from our podcast regular
2: mark karoski you may have wondered where i've been for the last few months I currently operate the number one horse racing service in the UK and Ireland, 800 plus points profit in 2022. So let me break that down for you. 10 pound each weight on all my selections in 2022 would have won you over 8,000 pounds profit. If you wanna get involved in the number one horse racing service in the UK and Ireland, it's very, very simple. Reach out to myself on Twitter or Instagram, or simply use the link in my bio. This will give you access to all my Cheltenham Festival selections and all my selections moving forward. Good luck.
0: Right then, we now move on to day two of the Cheltenham Festival and the first race we're going to look at on day two is the ballymore novices hurdle it's a grade one contest and imperial Air pass is your uh, favorite at 15 to 8. we've then got hermes Elena at three to one gaelic warrior at 11 to two uh goodland at six to one along with champ kylie at nines bigger are the rest izzy i'll come to you here first Imperial passe um he's been a big talking horse in a lot of these cheltenham previews He's done nothing wrong so far, but do you think maybe he lacks the experience against a few other rivals in here, where therefore might have a slightly better look to it?
1: I mean, I'm personally finding it quite hard to have a really strong fancy in the Ballymore. Um, I know that it's quite, I think it actually looks quite an open race personally, obviously. um you mentioned, um Imperio Pass, but I know obviously the favourite is probably going to be Hermes Alain. Um I, for one, have been looking at Champ Kylie, mainly just because of the amount of positive ratings Danny Mullins gives him. I know that he's quite certain that he's got a really live chance in this and um, any jockey being that kind of confident really has to fill you with some sort of enthusiasm. So I think that... Um, Champ Kylie's quite a decent price, um, and yeah, from the from the jockey saying about just how much of a live chance they think they have, I I'm quite inclined to give him a little shout. But I don't have a super strong fancy in this race.
0: Okay, uh, positive mention then f- from Izzy for Champ Kylie. How about you though, uh, Katie? I know you and me have been having a, a bit of back and forth on this race. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm similar to Izzy in, in the fact that I didn't have a particularly strong fancy at the moment. I really wanted to see Irish Point in this, but he's not running at the festival, which is a shame. Uh, he's the one that I've been fancying in the anti-post markets for months. Um, the one now that I'm I'm kind of leaning towards is Imperate Pass. I know he's been a popular selection ahead of the festival, as you mentioned, Chris, but I just think he's been very impressive in two starts and he has warranted all the attention that he's been getting. Um, I see the case with Amazaland, the shallow form is good, but I think he'll need to find more. Um, I think the form that impressed me the most with him was his run here at the November meeting when he beat Music Drive and we've all been caught. Been saying that, the form really hasn't worked out the best. Uh, I can see the case for Goodland as well, he's been in fine form this season. I think it is tough to split them, but I'm just favouring Imperial Pass here. I saw his picture as well on on social media earlier. Um, The double green put on um, that he's in the stable at Cheltenham Ready, and he looks incredible. So I think he's probably going to take a bit of beating.
0: Yeah, it seems that he is the the hype horse going, when I say, around, around the previews. I, I can see the case for him, but for me, I just wonder if he lacks the experience it in this kind of grade. I don't think it's form as a mountain to match. I think he hasn't really beaten anything. And actually, a stat I looked at earlier is that uh, 30 of the last 32 winners of this race have actually at least run before coming into the race at least three times over hurdles, and he's actually only ran twice, so... Uh, he's definitely got that stat to beat but so Gerhard actually had a similar profile going into last year so uh, what do i know but uh, Hermes Allen, for me he is probably one of my more stronger fancies of the Cheltenham festival that cello form it couldn't be working out any better this is i think that i think it's the best novice hurdle we've seen in Britain or Ireland this season i know that is a bold statement but the way he won that, it was so comp- was so comprehensive. Um, there was just so much to like about it. It was in testing conditions as well, which we might see at Cheltenham this week, which will definitely be to his advantage. He beat a horse of Jamie Snowden's called You Wear It Well, who I think has got a real chance in the Mayor's Novice. I uh, had to give a few pounds in weight, and she went on to win at Sandown on her next start. And there's just been, like Kate said, plenty of winners come out from it. We saw Crambo yesterday as well. He ran in uh, that race. He went on to win the EBF final there's loads of good form lines with that race and for me i think he i think he's a really um good good proposition here course and distance experience for me i think he ticks all the boxes for the race and i know paul nichols hasn't had a win in this race with donkey's years and there hasn't been a winner of the Challow for donkey's years as well that's come on to win at cheltenham i just think that all the, the foundations could be coming into place now for me hermes ln it's got a great chance, and uh, I think he'll take all the beating. So that's our thoughts then on the Ballymore novices hurdle. We now move on to the 210, which is the Brown Advisory novices chase. It's a grade one contest, and Jerry Colomb is your favourite for Gordon Elliott at 13-8. to eight. We've then got the Real Whacker at 9-2, uh, Time Hill at 11-2, to two. uh Hard at 6, Gallard de Loto at 8, and Bigger are the rest. Katie, we still don't have the full fields for this race yet. But Jerry Colom, we know he's going to go here. Is he the one that they've all got to beat?
2: Yeah, it looks like it. I mean, he's the obvious choice here. He's unbeaten, loves soft ground. You'd expect him to have a favourite chance. Yeah. Um, I don't really have a strong fancy in here yet. I mean, as you said, we don't have the final declarations and I could change my mind, but I don't know if the real Wacker is going to be running here. Uh, I think it's been reported that he might be heading to the Gold Cup, which it would be quite bold from Connections to do that. Um, So Gerhard is the one that interests me. I would prefer him to go here instead of the Turners. I think he'd have a better chance in this, to make the frame at least, but he's only had one run over fences so far, which is an obvious concern, and he's only raced once this season, so not sure how fit he is really going to be. And Willie Mellins has been really unsure about which race to send him to as well. So he's not had an obvious target either. Um, I think, yeah, I'll probably wait until we see the final declarations. Maybe try to find an outsider that could possibly make the frame. Because, yes, yeah, Jerry Collum, he looks like the one to beat. Um, and I don't know if anything is is going to beat him.
0: Okay, so very much thinking Jerry Colomb could be the most likely winner of the Brown advisory from KT. How about you, is he Jerry Cologne? Is he your idea of the winner?
1: No, I just can't be having him. Um, not at all. So I personally really like Time Hill. I think he was so impressive at Kempton on Boxing Day and showed us that he'd retained as much of his class over fences as he had over hurdles, you know. He's always been in close battles with real Star Wars like Paisley Park, Roxana. I mean, we're looking at a horse that was third to end violin, fourth to Monkfish, second behind Florin Porter. He's a dual grade one winning hurdler. And that I thought there was a lot to like about that Kempton performance. I know that the times were quite slow, but I think we're going to see, you know, potentially if we get this snow slash rain slash horrendous weather forecast that we're expecting for Cheltenham, I think we're going to see slow times anyway. So... Um, But he seemed to have absolutely loved the change defences and the first time cheap pieces worked really well also. So I just think at the price, he is my bet. He's actually one of my fancies of the week, Time Hill.
0: Okay, really strong opinion there from Izzy on Time Hill. can see your argument. He's personally not for me, but I wouldn't be at all surprised to to see him win. The one that I quite like that I think is overpriced is Thunder Rock for Ollie Murphy. Now this horse does have to reverse form with Jerry Colombe from their run at Sandown. But I just think he's screaming out for three miles. Um, Started off the season really well. Wins at Utoxta. He beat Solo, who we've seen win a grade two at uh, Kempton. who won the Pendle a few weeks ago. I thought it was a good run behind the real Whacker. And if you go back and watch that race, he stared on really strongly at the line. You're thinking he's going to drop out of the telly, but he was only beaten three and a half lengths and he just, this reminds me of maybe the year of when Champ won this race, I could just see him having a similar profile, and staring on really strongly at the end, like I say, I think he's crying out for this trip, Um, he's not gone further than two and a half miles, but every time, if you go back and watch his replay, the replay of his races, he's always staring on really strongly at the end, and I think For me, I think he's massively overpriced. And we've seen horses running the dipper, gone on to do really well at the festival in the past. So like I say, it wouldn't be a tall surprise to me to uh to see him run well so yeah um difference of opinions there on the brand advisory jerry colomb it could be from for katie um when the decks come in a strong opinion on uh, time hill from izzy and i'm um, all over thunder rock to outrun his odds we then move on to the 330 at cheltenham it's the betway queen mother champion um chase uh, the feature race on day two and we've got a rematch from the clarence house as edward stone is your 13 to 8 favorite we've then got an ergamine at seven to four. Editor De Geet, who holds an ergamine and Edward on their previous uh, meeting, is 11 to two. Gentleman De Me at eight to one. Blue Lord at tens. Nuba at twenties. Bigger are the rest. Um, Izzy, I'll come to you here first. I know we were both at Cheltenham that day, uh, when it was the Clarence House Chase. Uh, I think you were quite uh strong and keen on edward stone um very frustrating it must have been for you i was on editor de gee do you think he's finally going to get his day in the sun here and reverse the form
1: i i personally think he'll quite easily reverse the form with editor de G. um i was shocked that he went down to him at cheltenham um, he did have actually a bruised foot after the race, Edward Stone, but um, he's reportedly reported to be back on track now. I think that he just gave um, Eddie Tadjit a little bit too much rope. And I think that if you look at the run, I mean, they weren't going to kill him for that victory right before the festival. So I think, you know, perhaps we didn't see his kind of, not necessarily his full effort, but... I don't think that they were going to go all out just to beat Editor De Gilles on the day. Um, so I think that, you know, he was obviously an impressive winner of the Arco last year and he's had some really impressive victories at Sandown, beating Grenatine and Shishkin by nine and six lengths respectively. So he's he's personally my winner. Um, I think it'd be nice to see Alan King have his first winner in this for 16 years since Vaugury studies, which is, is interesting. So yeah, be be good to see um Edward Stone get back up. I think he's become personally, I think from speaking to sort of racing fans, I can see that Edward Stone's popularity has obviously grown across the year. Um so it'd be good, I think, for the crowds and everything if Edward Stone can get up.
0: Okay. So Izzy is keeping the faith with Edward Stone. How about you, Katie? Um, do we, I think, uh, Edward Stone's going to reverse the form of editor to, to Geek?
2: I think he could. He's definitely got a good chance. I think he could be better this time. But I'll probably be taking a chance on editor De Geek. I think he represents a bit of value here. He's done nothing wrong in the past two runs, and I think he's worthy of being in contention. Um, What I liked was the way he battled in the closing stages in Clarence House. This is a different course um, than that was run on, but he showed great heart and determination. I think if he gets an easy lead again, he could be difficult to beg back. Um, so, yeah, I prefer to maybe go with him and hope he can back that performance up. Um, Anergyman was very good on Sosh Brown here last year, but I don't think the form amounts to too much. His two main rivals in the race, they failed to complete, Shushkin and Jacques Bourgeois, and the race was fairly straightforward in the end for an argument. I think this is much tougher. And he didn't jump well at all last time. He was never travelling, and, and it's an obvious concern. Now, Willie Mullins will probably have got him much better this time around, but I couldn't back him, so I'd be happy enough just to watch him. As I said, I think Editor Adigeat, a 5-1, I think there's some value in that. So, yeah, he'd be my selection. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Edwardstone reverse the form because he is a class horse um, and as Izzy said I think maybe he could have a little bit more in his locker saved from from the race last time um, to land this this race.
0: Yeah I'm in agreement with you eventually it just reminds me of um when special tiara won this race a few years ago where a horse that was a lovable horse that went out from the front and he was able to hold on and, and get the job done and, and i think we could see a similar situation here i'm not sure about the vibes from alan king's on edward stone i've seen a couple of things like um as he said like he had a bruise on his foot uh the last day and he's, he's had a couple of there was rumours that there was a little setback. I just, wouldn't, um, I just wouldn't be confident on that. Um, For me, I, I think he's a little bit too short. I think if he runs up to his full potential, he will be there or thereabouts. But for me, yeah, to, to, to Gee, I just think he might get an easy lead again. And if he gets uh, into a good rhythm, sets the pace right from the front, I think we could see uh, a bit of deja vu, um, and I just think Ed De Geet represents a a little bit of value. I think he'll confirm the form with an Ergamine and Edward Stone. There might not be much in it again, but I think, like I say, this could be uh, a year like when we had Special Tiara win the race. So, yeah, he is my idea of the winner. So, that's the key races covered for day two um before we sign off um we're on the only other business part again um and uh izzy i'll come to you here first is there any other horses you wanted to mention on day two of the festival
1: um if i'm having a little look on day two um i don't have a massive amount of fancies but i do quite look um i've i've got hmsc horse on my shortlist for the coral cup um, and I've got Snow Leopardess as one on my shortlist for the cross-country chase.
0: OK, so Izzy will be keeping a close uh, eye on them once the decks come in on Monday. And how about you, Katie? Is there anything else on your shortlist uh, for day two of the festival?
2: Well, before we get the final decorations, I haven't made too many decisions yet. The only one um that i'm very strong on it's, it's not going to be very original and that's delta work in the cross country he's probably my nap at the festival i think he is a shade of odds against now which is a bit of value i'd say but yeah i think he he should make a uh, light work of it
0: okay so a strong uh, opinion there on delta work from katie um to be fair i i quite like to couple in here for the grand annular uh bigger prices the first one of them was sizing potsy uh, i joined david Pipeshard and um he used to be trained by jessica harrington was a really good horse for jesse harrington i uh, was able to compete at a really high level and since joining uh david Pipeshard, he's really fallen down the weights he's been running in graded companies been dropped nine pounds off to a mark of uh, 140 he just reminds me a little bit of global citizen that won this race last year classy type the kind of lost their way was down to a good mark i think he could run a big race jack Tudor booked at 33 to one and the other horse that i thought had a similar profile was the dancing on my own finished second last year behind the last day at uh, aintree he's 66 to 1 for henry de Bromhead. i think this has probably been the target all along he's um he's not really featured on both his starts this year but i think they've had this race in mind and i think uh, if he can get into a good rhythm out in front he doesn't mind testing conditions off 144 he could be dangerous so a couple of big uh, outsiders there from me for the grand annual now um this is the last chance we're going to have to talk to izzy and Casey. um before the festival starts they're not going to appear on our day three and day four preview i will be doing that on monday with liz and mark so it's their time to get their other fancies Casey, i'll come to you here first is there anything else you want to talk about uh, for the remainder of the Cheltenham festival for day three and day four
2: Yeah, I'm going to give a mention to a few horses that I will be cheering on. Uh, On day three, I think in the stay as hurdle, looks like quite a competitive race, but the horse that I like for it is Tihupu. It looks like he's going to get his desired ground. Um, so, yeah, certainly if the ground remains soft, he would be my fancy. I think he's a very good horse. Um, and on the Friday, on day four, I think if the ground was to dry up a little bit, it looks unlikely, but we could hope. Um, I'd be off for writer each way in the Triumph. He's a huge price now. He was 50 to 1 last week. I think he's around 25 to 1 generally now. I think there's been a huge overreaction to his last run. Prior to that, he was just touched off by a comfort zone on on ground that was was a bit softer than ideal um, after he had won a grade two at Cheltenham. So, yeah, I think the ground is probably looking on the soft side, which hopefully it will be for TU on Thursday. Maybe a little bit drier by the first race on Friday um, for Scriptwriter, And also in the big one, the Gold Cup, I am all for Brave man's game here. I think he'll make good use of his immaculate jumping technique. Uh, I don't think the track or the trip will be any problem for him. He's a beautiful horse, and I really cannot wait to see him on Friday. Um, I think he's still a decent price as well. He's a good alternative to Galapin champs um, the current favourite. And I think Brave Man's game could take the Gold Cup for Paul Nichols.
0: OK, a few there from Katie uh, to look at for the final couple of days of the festival. And how about you, Izzy? I know you had a couple of uh, runners you wanted to mention as well.
1: Yeah, um, on day three, in at the one in the one thirty, the Turners Novices Chase. I really like the look of Bambridge. I just can't get over the way he flew home against El Fabiolo, and then you've also got a look at his run at Cheltenham in the November at the November meeting. I think he was very impressive there as well. So I'm sticking with Bambridge to kind of come back over two mile four. I think he'll like that. Um, I think. In the Stayers Hurdle, um, I've got a head and a heart bet again. I think that if Paisley Park can whip round at the start, give him a, you know another 20 lengths, um, or if he's even sort of in with a shout up the home straight, you know, and he's on one of his late drives and he hasn't hit his flat spot at the wrong point, I think if he's in with any sort of a shout, I think he'll have a great chance of winning it. I think he's a really good price each way. Um, but my head in that race... Um, along the lines of Banbridge, another Joseph O'Brien horse I really like Home by the Lee. I just think he's got a fantastic chance. And then mainly, I think it for me, um, just for a shout in the big one, I'm going to be sticking with Galopping Um, So in the Gold Cup.
0: Okay, so um, Izzy thinks uh, Gallopin will justify favouritism in the Girl Cup. So that's all we've got time for on this episode of the podcast. Thanks again to Katie and Izzy for giving up their time. Hopefully, we found you some winners. For the first couple of days of the Cheltenham Festival. Um, if you haven't done so already, please remember to subscribe to us on all the major podcast platforms. We're available to listen to on Apple, Spotify and SoundCloud. You can follow us on the socials as well. We're available on Twitter and Instagram. Please remember to gamble responsibly. Hope you enjoy the Cheltenham Festival and we'll be seeing you again soon.